George Bakwa, um, the designer, made, made a comment to me a number of years ago that I that I really loved. And it was that so many designers design like they fish. And he goes, not not knowing how many of them fish, but it's that you set your hook for a certain depth, you know, that you're fishing six foot down. And he says, when you're fishing six foot down, everybody is going to catch the same fish. But when you end up setting the hook deeper and you dive deeper down in the water, it's going to get murky and dark and you're not going to see much until you get to the bottom. And when you get to the bottom, you're going to see some of the most amazing creatures that swim by, that glow in the dark, that have things that you've never thought about. And he said, those are the logos. Those are the ones that you want to bring up and share with the client. We've all been in the creative business for more than 20 years and love almost everything about it. But we have to admit, there are times when it's a shit show. In this podcast, we're going to have honest conversations about the ups and downs of the design and marketing business and share ideas and support that get us through the day. And sometimes we'll just shoot the shit. So welcome to the Creative Shit Show. We are super excited to welcome the wonderful Bill Gardner of Gardner Design. Um, in case you're not familiar with Bill, he's produced effective and award-winning results for clients ranging from Fortune 500 companies to one-man shops. He's the founder of LogoLounge.com, the international searchable compendium of logos. I love that. Uh, Bill also authored the affiliated best-selling Logo Lounge book series. He's the author of the annual Logo Lounge Trend Report, which we're going to talk about a little bit today. He's an AIGA fellow for his contributions to the local, national, and international creative community. And he has a million other things on his wonderful resume. Uh, but what I want to focus on is that he has completed a six-year term as the Territorial Vice President of the International Brotherhood of Magicians. I have to understand, how did, did you just retire from that? Or did they vote you out? Or is all your magic gone? Like, <laughs> how did that work? It was a wizard coup. Uh -huh. Yeah, well, and 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 he's not far off. The uh, the the name uh, is actually the Wizards of Wichita, and that came about long before Wizards kind of adopted an entirely different moniker. So uh, yeah, no, they they they, they pick somebody mm. to kind of ride a herd over all the magicians, and uh, they thought oh. that uh, I was so full of it that I could probably do that. So I finally gave it up. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, go figure. I pictured some sort of duel. Did you guys a little magical duel? Yeah, kind okay. of with with their wands. Okay, or with so their hands. They're like shooting sparks and we're, like we're gonna like we're gonna get this off track before we even get it on track. Which <laughs> That's is how we do things. Magicians You're familiar with shit show. Come to the shit show. So magicians have absolutely, and and I'm gonna get so much crap about this, but I'm talking to designers, not magicians here. They have absolutely some of the worst you know, um, psyches and issues, and of, of all the people in the world. And I sold magic to people forever. Think about what a magician does. A magician is kind of neener neener boo boo. I know something you don't know. Okay, who wants to do that? Think about that individual. <laughs> that individual that needs to detract such attention to themselves that you could that sounds like a number eight enneagram. An enneagram. Super confident is what I hear. Enneagrams. 
super confident you need to be. Hey, hey you know, Karen, keep telling your story about magic. I am, I am it's, locked in. It, it's mostly a bunch of people that, um, as, as good as they are, they need the attention and they're, they're on their way to a divorce. They're on their way to separation. They're on their way to medication. And it's, uh, and, and that's, Minus the 10 people that are in the magic fraternity that are okay. Huh, cool. That's all I got for you. So well, that was an amazing start. There we go. It's a magical shit show. So, so I decided it? to get into design where everybody is in order and they've all, nobody has an ego. Well, that's a great lead in to kind of where we actually wanted to go with this. And I, mm. I think that we and the design world could uh, benefit greatly from hearing about how you actually got started in the design industry. I don't think that, I don't know your story. I'm not yeah. sure how the group feels, but um, I'd love to hear how you got started with design. Yeah, this, so um, I was originally supposed to go into the family business, which was real estate appraisal. Okay, can you see me telling people what their houses are worth? No. No, neither. And I actually studied for that and marketing, and I've got a, I've got a degree in business. And that's where it started. And I had to tell my dad, dad, I can't, I, I've got more talent than that in other areas, but I, I can't add numbers up and I can't, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go off and I'm going to go draw pictures. And I, I, I left, um, I wasn't tied down. I had a roommate. I'd been doing magic. My roommate was a magician. He was up at uh, Kansas state university in that school. And he said, Hey, I've got a, I've got an extra room. You want to, you want, you want to kind of the K state. So it was going up there to do magic and maybe I'll look at, maybe I'll do a little bit of design while I'm up there. And I enjoyed design. And pretty soon I found out that they didn't have much of a design program. Came back to Wichita state after having met my wife uh, up there or future wife and uh, completed a degree in design. Nobody would hire me. So Did I started my own business. That was it. Did I what? Did you ever saw your girlfriend in half? You know, there were those moments. <laughs> I, 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 okay, let me, let me put it this way. I, I left more girls just kind of raggedly cut partway through, but I never really made it in half. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no one was murdered. In the creation Nobody was murdered the in the process of uh, learning magic. No. That's awesome. I, I don't know. I cannot imagine you selling real estate. That would be so yeah. weird. What a waste you know, of it, your talent. It, it really was a great profession for the family. And they they all did very well with it. But, and I, I, you know, and to, to say something that was kind of, I was thinking about this the other day. My dad, who had been mayor of Wichita and was, you know, very well known and very well connected, came to me when I told him I wanted to be a designer. And he goes, Bill, I don't know anybody in design. I'm not sure I can help you. I'm going, Dad, it's okay. I think I'll figure it out. And, uh, you know, he, he he was one of the most honest, wonderful individuals that always wanted to help people. But he felt so badly about the fact that he didn't know any other designers that he could really introduce me to or that he could help in some way. So that's so sweet. That's so sweet. I always yeah. said this jinx. Yeah. Okay. Jinx. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so r- really quick, just one side question. So you said uh, magicians were uh, insecure and yeah. um, and they were creative. So they're like designers. 
there there are a lot of there's a lot of similarities in there you know i mean we so we were all at uh, how design live here uh, a couple months ago a month or so ago and it seems okay. like god everybody was talking about imposter syndrome and mm-hmm. i mean that that just you know again and again I, if i had to hear it one more time but it really rings true with magicians and designers mm-hmm. i think uh is that they've got these insecurities why do you think that we hear about it all the time now, but we didn't hear it all the time 20 years ago. In the I've business. been wondering that same thing. I mean, it just, <clears throat> it wasn't a thing then. Yeah. Um, okay. You, you, you want an honest answer, which is <laughs> uh-huh. <Yes>. that <laughs> I, I believe so much of what consumes us now is relatively delivered to us on our mobile devices. And because mm-hmm. it is so quick yeah. and so easy for people. I was just having this conversation with Michael Pindo, who's one of our great designers. Um, Michael uh, is deathly allergic to peanuts. And we are going, Michael, you oh, know, no. hey, you know, 30 years ago, nobody knew about peanut allergies. 30 years ago, nobody knew that if you ate a piece of bread that it would, you know, make you feel bad. 30 years ago, we used to ride our bikes behind these spray trucks that would be spraying for mosquitoes sucking down DDT, you know, but we all there still live, you know, and I, you we know, used to hitch on to the back of cars and let them Exactly. And we loved it. Last time ever. Uh, but, you know, it the was good old things. Where if, if I think you look at so many things today and it, we, we've become so damned introspective of ourselves. You know, it's, it's, you know, why, why am I this way? Why can't I figure out what my thing is in life? Why is it that I can't, you know, and we we're looking for something to attach it to mm-hmm. uh, honest to God. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I not that I disbelieve that people that have uh, issues have issues. I'm positive. I know I've got issues. I mean, you know, I've got issues, but it's one of those <laughs> things sure. where, you know, I don't dwell on tummy, it. Tummy. Right. And it, it's kind of like, I, I feel really badly that I'm not empathetic about everything that everybody's got going on. Yeah. Here, here. Wow, did I just the world is an audience? <laughs> no, you're good. I think they're okay. used to it by now. <laughs> I've had conversations with all of you independently. We all have issues. Well, I know that, that for the fact. truth. You know, we, we all had things that we dealt with growing up with. We, we all had issues, every one of us. Yeah. But man, I think we all succeeded in some way, didn't we? Yep. Some, something so. pressed they, us through. They strike whatever. It all strengthens us. Yeah. I'm a firm believer in that. And by the way, for those that don't know, everybody on this podcast is drinking and they're drinking heavily. So <laughs> now if you want to know how they got through it. God, Bill, we do not endorse. Clank. We do, we do. We do not endorse excessive <laughs> drinking, but we do endorse drinking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You're, you know, if you can only see, everybody's swigging. Uh, Bond's, Bond, Bond, Bond had liquid running down his neck through his beard and down, yeah, down He's his life beard. Yeah. He's drinking some fruity Starbucks drink. No. Yeah, he's got some peachy tea or something. Ice cappuccino. Oh, there we go. See, I was close. There you go. I, I could reach up here and pull down a bottle of Chad Michaels uh, worm, wormwood, and I could crack it open, and I could. Vaughn, send me a send me a good label. Oh, it's got a whole shelf full of good labels up here. Nice, <laughs> right above it. So his tell desk. us about. So tell us about Gardner Design. 
Um, honestly, yeah. I think so much of the audience knows you from Logo Lounge, which we'll talk yep. about that. But we don't yep. realize that you have this amazing firm. Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit about your firm, how many people you have, what type of clients you have. Just so um, Gardner Design uh, literally came out of the fact that nobody would hire me. And we already covered the fact that I was doing magic when I got out of school and I would go into interview and people would say, yeah, your portfolio is great, but show me a trick because they knew that I did magic. And I realized I had to put the magic away and focus entirely on the, the design. And my dad had an extra office in his real estate office. And I <laughs> literally put a shingle out and opened the door and said, great, I'm going to, I'm going to have my own design firm. I'm going to, I mean, that was, and it was, and it was a freelance kind of deal where I was kind of going until I find a job. And uh, probably about a year into it, I had enough work that I had to hire somebody to help me with the work I was doing. And I was still going out on interviews and a guy's name was Steve Wheeler. He says, Bill, you know, you know, I'm an employee. I'm you're out looking for a job and I've got a wife and a child and we're dependent on, on a, so if you get a job, I don't have a job. So I, at that point started to realize as I'm hiring people, I'm going, okay, we've actually got a firm. This is, you know, this is a real thing. And I've been very fortunate that, you know, when, when I first got into this, nobody really knew what logo design was. Nobody really knew. I mean, yeah, so this was 1983. That's when the door opens. And uh, um, when I was 10. Out, yeah. Yeah. When I, I, I hell, you weren't even a glimmer oh, yet. You, you know, just shut up, you guys. <laughs> With my ADHD, but, riding my bike yeah. around in the summer. I, <laughs> I can remember my college, so I was Karen right with you, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Show, show of hands. Uh, no, actually, who who was more than 10 in 1983? You guys were all, see, oh, no hands 11. came up. No hands came up. Nobody, nobody. Who acts like they were more than 10 in 1983? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't uh, act like I'm more than 10 now in 2022. No. But so 1983 right, was a on. tough time. Sorry. That was a tough time because the economy what? was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the economy was for shit then. And uh, yep. I mean, you, you you had to work like hell to find somebody that uh, was willing to pay you money for drawing a picture for them. And I mean, and that's how they perceived, you know, uh, and that was probably how I perceived it at the time was were, it was no more doing... than just drawing a picture. Were you doing everything like traditionally? I mean, because I know at that time the oh, only Mac out yeah. was Apple too. No, there there were no Macs then. Yeah. Come on, Vaughn. That was yes, yeah. Keyline, well, Keyline, Ruby. Not Macs, but there was Apple too. Like I didn't. That just, doesn't count. No. Yeah, right the chisel. Like that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, oh nice. T yeah. square. There you go. I love it. Told you. Chisel. Nice. Actually, I'll tell you something. Bill's showing us his antiquated uh, design equipment. T-square. It's T-square. <laughs> Anybody want that. to know you where that, that way. It sounds so T-square came from? <laughs> this, this, did... is, this is Paul Rand's T-square. You're lying. No, you have no. Paul Rand's T-square. Is it really? This is my couple. Yep. Wow. What, what was the other one? Paul Rand and who? It's Pikeapole and his T-square. And uh, I've also, right, I've also stop, got stop, a bunch of, How did you get yeah, Paul Rand's stuff? Story? Yeah. Um, so uh, about 
three years ago, uh, Paul Rand's estate went up for auction and, um, and it was an amazing auction. It was online and, um, I don't know, maybe 500 different lots of things. And I ended up buying a number of things, some paintings that he had done. Um, I've got a whole set of his, uh, French curves that he used to, oh, to draw. So, really? You know, and all all of I bought basically all of his different um, you know drawing tools, and that's uh, incredible. It's kind of so like cool. I I look at that and I'm going, okay, the UPS the Westinghouse logo. He you know he ran his you know, and this is so when Bond's asking about tools, uh, so I wasn't amazing. using that kind of T square, but you know I mean it was one of those deals where yeah I mean I, I had a drafting board with a parallel bar on it and you know yeah. lots lots and lots of templates and you know circles and ellipses and stuff and that was how i was drawing them how were yeah. you drawing them did you did I you start the before the computer oh no 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 no! i learned everything traditionally and it wasn't yeah. until a couple years after i graduated that i even touched a computer yeah yeah I'm, yeah i'm kind of glad it worked that way because it developed analog skills that most people kind of ignore now yeah, you, you and I know how to use it in exact and I pretty well. And probably everybody in here has cut off that portion of their index finger at one point Absolutely. with a number yes. 11 blade. I, yeah. I, you know, I was, why you know, I use a pencil only. Um, we were in, we had a mechanical class in art school and all the overlays and I'm trimming the edge of the overlays with the straight edge and exacto. And somebody said something, I looked up as I'm pulling it down the, the straight edge sliced right in my hand, ruined everything. Yeah. Uh, those were the days. Well, hey, listen, I, I swear to God that last night I was telling my kids about like how we started in the business. And I'll never forget my very first job. Um, I finally got asked to prepare the ads. And if you remember, we would put ads on, you know, board and flap them sure. so you could carry them to the office. You, you wax the, the type thing. so it would stick. Yep. I, yeah. I rubber cemented. Like, this was like oh, the cool. this was our biggest client at the time. I never forget I was cutting the board and you know you always got to change the blade but I was like this is the last cut of the last board and I sliced off the corner of my thumb and uh it got everywhere and my boss ran in <laughs> looked at the boards and he's like you ruined the boards. That's right. <laughs> it's like, as long as there's no blood on the boards, we're good. So like, I remember I, I picked up that little piece and put my hand in a bag of ice and went to the ER and I'm like, he only cared about the boards. <laughs> you know what? Seriously, everybody here has, has at one point or another cut their finger up. Okay. I, I have the next question for you, Bill, yeah. and that is, Gardner Design has a distinct aesthetic, especially your firm's logo marks. And I was just curious, how was that established and maintained with newer designers as you onboarded them? Yeah. Do you, do you really think that it has a style? And that, Oh, yeah. It's interesting to hear yeah, you say that. Definitely. Because, um, one of my designers, Brian Miller, um, a number of years ago, made the comment that I think it is more that our style is quality than it is a style. And it, you know, uh, so it's that it has reached that certain level. And, and one of the things you may or may not know is that guys, we have uh, some tremendous logo and identity designers that work here and have worked here over the years. 
that have gone off and started their own studios and, and so on and so forth. And I have made very little money designing logos in my life because we always spend more time working on an identity than we will ever be able to build. And part of that is that we will present a logo with maybe eight or 10 logos oftentimes, the worst of which is 10 times better than the best that most people would offer up. And when you, you know, and you just force yourself to keep going. George Bakwa, um, the designer, made, made a comment to me a number of years ago that I, that I really loved. And it was that so many designers design like they fish. And he goes, not, not knowing how many of them fish, but it's that you set your hook for a certain depth, you know, that you're fishing six foot down. And he says, when you're fishing six foot down, everybody is going to catch the same fish. But when you end up setting the hook deeper and you dive deeper down in the water, it's going to get murky and dark and you're not going to see much until you get to the bottom. And when you get to the bottom, you're going to see some of the most amazing creatures that swim by, that glow in the dark, that have things that you've never thought about. And he said, those are the logos. Those are the ones that you want to bring up and share with the client. So deep fixer designs. I like that. It, you know, it's take all the first stuff that you've drawn and throw it away because everybody else has drawn that too. So how many, how many designs do you do? Um, when you're designing a logo and a brand, what, how many designs does your team go through to pick those 10? I've got a, I've got a kind of a set rule, um, whatever, whatever the uh, platform is you're designing in that uh, you, you work on a design and as you think, okay, I wonder what would happen if I did so-and-so you dupe it off and then you make that modification and then you dupe that off and you make that modification and you think of this other idea and you leave that and you come down on the other page and you build all that stuff on that page. And we are undoubtedly going to cast off a lot of stuff that might be really good ideas. So it's important that the other designers in the shop look at that page and go, wow, I really like this. Did you, mm -hmm. you, 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 you skip by that. And we do that naturally because I think when we design, you know, we, we're on a track. And, you know, we're, we're trying to get that next thing. And sometimes we don't take time to look out the window of the train and see the beauty of what's going on. You know, the things that you're kind of creating along the way. And uh, by, by doing that, you can see the trail of where you went. And we all know that there's that thing about you, know, you, you take something and you, you start to reduce it to the point where you don't recognize it anymore. And then you take a step back, you know, and, and that can be kind of a rule. But I think that by creating that track in there, that it really gives you a chance to kind of go back and see where something has hit its magic point. And it's not uncommon for us to, Karen, you were asking how many, um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a page a designer does uh, may have a hundred decent directions, mm -hmm. but it may have 50 that are worth really looking at. And it may have right. 20 that you would show somebody and it may have 10 or seven that really are the cream. And that's the stuff that you pull out and, uh, nice. and, and you show. And so if you ask me why there's that style, it's the style is quality. And mm -hmm. it is that, you know, we just refine stuff. The other thing is that everything that we create has to have at least three levels that it lives on. You can look at it literally and go, that's a shoe. And then you have to look at it again and go, okay, uh, that's Italy. Oh, the texture on that is the leather that they're known for. 
And the strap on that, as it comes across, helps form the initial of the company. And it's it, it, it's all of these things where if a person that looks at it just sees the literal aspect of that logo and that's all that there is, they are going to walk away from it. And mm-hmm. that's all that they will ever remember. But if they have an aha moment, it's like when you're listening to that song that you've heard a million times before. And you hear a lyric that you're going, God, I never heard that lyric that way. And you go, God, I own that now. And it makes a person own a brand. Right. That's I love that. Okay. That's awesome. That's great, Bill. I just, you just, I just wept a little bit. That was so beautiful. (laughs) Okay. Now I can actually see Justin right now. And what's happening is he's wearing a pair of Depends. And he wasn't, when he says he wept, what I mean, what I think he meant. Well, you know, I do turn oh. 50 this weekend, so. Uh, you, you may have heard oh wept, he said wet. I wet a little bit there. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. So how do your clients find you and or you find mm. them? Um, so if I've got a regret, it's that I have never spent more time out hustling clients looking for them because I have always we we've been very fortunate that there has been a good line of people that had courage coming to us saying, wow, would you do this for us? And, you know, you can sometimes be fully satiated just by working with what comes through the front door. And to Mm -hmm. some degree we do that, you know, that's a a big chunk of it. Um, Hate to say that. Is that based on referrals? Is that based on, um, how how yeah. do, how how do they find you in the midst of everything else? So um, we'll do a dive here then. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm in Wichita, Kansas, which is dead in the middle of the U.S. Let, let me let me rephrase that, which is alive in the middle of the U.S. Um, and Wichita <laughs> is a community of about half a million, but the state of Kansas, you drive a long ways between towns. They're not all right next to each other. And when you start looking at the number of entrepreneurs and really amazing companies that started here, uh, Wichita is an aviation uh, center, um, Cessna and Lear and Boeing and Beach all started here in Wichita um, uh, and continue to fabricate and build here. And it is just a highly industrial community and a lot of business going on. So it's been a great place for me because it's small enough to know yourself, but it's also small enough for others to know yourself. And mm-hmm. um, there's, there's kind of an ethic in Kansas that uh, you, don't, you don't brag about what you do. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're relatively humble. So I don't belong here. Um, <laughs> no, okay, they, they've hung on to me anyway. But, uh, you know, uh, when um, when a Fortune 500 company from this area needs us, they, they come to us. But the cool thing is that through Logo Lounge, and we'll, I, I know we're going to get to Logo Lounge eventually, but there's a level of notoriety that uh, came with starting that up 20 years ago and the writings and everything else that we've published that have really expanded us way outside of this market. Plus, mm-hmm. I started the AIGA chapter here with some folks back um, in '87, and we were there were only 16 AIGA chapters in the in in the world at that point. And 
came to know and uh, spend a lot of time with a lot of name brand designers at the time that were way out of my league, but that allowed me to become good friends with them and they helped me along uh, in the effort. So man, it's, it's all about connections, guys. People that yeah. you're connected mm-hmm. to are the ones that hire you. We say that all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really actually pretty fascinating what what goes on in Kansas um, with all of the different yeah. industry and creatives. And it's like, it's the weird little hub in the middle of nowhere, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You know it. You know it, Yeah. yeah. Well, Bill, I, I want to really dig in here and... Um, uh, I want you to think of, you know, like the biggest, you know, shit show client project Ooh. horror story. You know, let's, 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 let's really dig I've into the worst experience. Ever. No, I've never had. Well, because, you know, I don't think we talk about these things enough. Yeah. And, and I think I would love to hear, you know, what happened you don't for have you. to name names. Yeah. Yeah, there's no names. Just. Story. You know, this 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 is a kind of thing that um, I, I I had I had this conversation with somebody recently that I I think thinking of those stories is kind of like um, you know God God's ability to make uh, women so that they can forget what childbirth felt like so that they would continue to procreate. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like oh I. I, I'm relatively sure that we all kind of, as designers, just kind of want to wipe those memories from our mind because the effing we're getting is worth the effing we're getting. So, you know, uh, you, you you just want to kind of put you that out of your Hold memory. On. And, Bill, what is happening Bill in Bill Gardner, are you giving me a non-answer right now? I'm, I'm yeah, not going to accept no, okay. that. Um, what are you running for? I, I may, for have, an offer I may have shared this story That's, with somebody. His dad before, was the mayor. But, I mean, you heard. He learned from the best. This this is one of my very very favorite instances, and I'm actually going to name a name here. Um, Whoa, so there the was a uh, yeah. We'll we'll get the liability suits going. Uh, there <laughs> there was a uh, a veterinarian whose name was Doctor Bogue uh, in this area, and uh, he had clinics all over. And about 15 years ago. Um, we had just started publishing when all you do. of the, yeah, well, we had started publishing all the local lounge books and, you know, getting great notoriety out of that. And I get this call from Dr. Bogue and he goes, Bill Gardner. Yeah. And the way, the way that this call leads in, you're going, yeah, yeah. And he goes, I, I this is Dr. Bogue. Well, well, how are you, Dr. Bogue? Well, great. He says, I, I, he says, I picked up one of your books. I go, well, that's so kind of you. And he's going, no, this is amazing logos in there. I was mostly looking at the stuff by Von Glitchka, but there was some amazing logos. Oh, okay, you didn't always <laughs> think that. But he's going, you're, you're, you are an amazing designer. I go, well, thank you very much. He says, I am getting ready to open a new clinic, and I would like to re-identify. Um, I'd, I'd like a new logo. And I said, well, God, you know, Thank you so much for calling. He says, I've already drawn the logo. I just need somebody that can put it into the computer. Perfect. <laughs> oh, you know, oh my God. Ideal client. It's one of, and everybody here has had that experience where somebody has come to them. I already go, know what I want. Except, oh yeah, I, I got, I got <sighs> it already taken care of. And doctors don't even are notorious for this. Doctors believe oh, yes. they can do everything. So they always, you know, yep. I, so I, I already drew the thing up. Well, anyway, 
He says, yeah, says, I've already drawn it up. And I he says, it looks great. I'm going to draw it. Sure it does. He goes, Let's I, I just need somebody that can draw it electronically and, and digitally. Mm. And I swear what I stopped and said was, <laughs> Dr. Bogue, says, maybe, maybe we can do a trade because this weekend I'm going to do some surgery on my dog, but I need somebody that can close <laughs> him up when I'm done. You didn't say that. I did. And I love it. I bet he yeah. did. Because I knew this was going nowhere. And I was going, you know, I've always wanted to just, you son of a bitch, you set me up, you know. But he just, he kind of, he did this. <laughs> and I said, no, seriously. <laughs> he said, You're not going to do it. I said, I'm, he says, if you, I said, if you've drawn a logo, just with your logo you'll, you'll you'll be perfectly fine you don't need me to come in and you know kind of help you close that logo up do you and he goes oh, i get it i get it and that was okay it. well let me let me ask you wow. uh yeah let me ask you this question because we just had this happen to us and I, i'll tell you mm. at the end if you're interested yeah. how it how it worked out oh are you gonna so pass one you... to me uh <laughs> yes i've already forwarded your name uh, we recently did uh, a, a, a couple of logos. We thought they were wonderful. Sent them to the client. Yeah. Like it was one of those slam dunks where I actually couldn't figure out which of the three I liked better. Like, yeah. and I was, I was like, oh, worst case, I'll have a hard time picking. So what I get instead is these are great, blah blah blah, and then the wonderful. But Ooh. scroll down to the bottom of my email. I sketched on a paper towel. Uh how like sort of an amalgam of the ideas yep how it could be better yeah um and uh this has never really happened well, it's actually happened maybe twice was it a good 20- suggestion well here's the thing it, it's happened twice in 22 years and this one okay. i looked at and i was like huh that's actually pretty good <laughs> and uh we, I'll tell you the ending. You can share if you've had this happen to you. And no. then we, we took it and and you know kind of re, um, redrew it and and you know put our magic on it. And I, me and the creative director and designer looking at it, and I'm just like, this is the best logo of the four of them. Yeah. And they picked it and they yeah. loved it. Um. So they they don't always turn out bad. I know if it was it would have yeah, started that way, I never would have took the job. But have you had that happen where a client's come yeah. to you with with a sketch or a tweak and? Um, I and think, I, I don't mean like yeah. we, we collaborate all the time, but I mean, I'm talking about a totally redraw. Yeah, not so much a redraw on it, but I mean, it, guys, you got to listen to the client. I mean, they're the ones that are paying you. Uh, you know, you, you're not designing for yourself. You're designing for them. Now, you can, you can try oh, and tell that aesthetic that. story. And yeah, you know, it's you're trying to guide them. But man, if you listen to them. Sometimes, and I know it hurts our egos to believe this, but sometimes they've got great input and, you know, more often than not. And, you know, I, yeah, I would say, I I agree. I would take the, I would take the sometimes out and say, you know, most often, you know, one of the things I did earlier in the career, if I was offended or whatever, or annoyed by client feedback, um, finally I stopped and said, why am I so annoyed about it? Right. And it ended up being because I wanted them to do what I wanted them to do. Right. But so I wasn't listening. And then as that shifted, you know, that's why, like when I got that napkin, I was laughing 
because I'm like, damn, this is really good. Right. And uh, yeah. we're going to crush it. And we did, and they loved it and it's wonderful and we're and removing, but, um, but I'll you know, also bet that, you that when you looked at that napkin, that you ended up bringing your own magic to it and creating what was really exceptional. Now they may, they may have delivered mm -hmm. a concept or an idea, but I'm, you know, you didn't just scan in what they gave you and say, here it is. I mean, you brought oh, no, your own for sure. yeah, it looks, it looks yeah. much, it looks much, you know, more refined and different and all this stuff. But my point is like, like I really appreciated piece, yeah. that feedback. You know, I, I can't say most of our clients would be able to provide a sketch and it would turn out that way. Right. Um, cause yeah. we've had someone literally draw us a stick figure and say, Hey, I want basically this with some yeah. cool type. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, but but don't you think clients are a lot savvier now than they used to be? As far mm. as I would love tricky, to hear Vaughn's take on that's that. That's a tricky question. Vaughn and Bill, mm. you can take that one. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Vaughn. I, I, I wouldn't say by default, no. I, I it just it's hit or miss. It's like I've had clients who I didn't think would have any possibility of going off the rails who have enough experience to keep something on track and it's still blew up where I've worked with people who are small business owners have no clue about marketing or branding and the process has gone really smooth and they actually had some really good ideas. This one, mm -hmm. uh, this one guy I've been working with 15 years. He's not a creative, he's not a designer. He does coding for artificial intelligence. He's smart, but he comes up with the best brand names for stuff. He's just artificially smart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's just artificially <laughs> intelligent. His ideas for um, he's a maverick entrepreneur. So he starts all these businesses and he's yep. successful with them, but he's just really good. Anybody can be creative. So I, I think it can come from anywhere. I think we've gotten to that point where, um, and again, through a lot of through social media, that everybody has become some level of an expert. And that everybody believes that their opinion is of value in mm -hmm. every arena. And uh, everybody's opinion is of value. Yes. Everybody's opinion in every arena is not necessarily of value. I used to, mm -hmm. you know, we, we do a lot of nomenclature too uh, here. And my opening line to some, uh, to a client, when we're starting to make that presentation to them after we've done all the discovery and all the naming likes, is that, you know, uh, when I present a logo to somebody, I don't immediately have somebody go with a pencil, did you think about drawing this? And they draw me a picture. But <laughs> inherently, when we present names, clients will oftentimes start writing down names before you know during a presentation before you've even shown them what you've come up with and they go did you think about so-and-so because we all deal with words and it's important right. that they be mm -hmm. involved in this process because it's from those words much like you were just saying mm -hmm. justin that you know somebody comes up with an idea that you're kind of going oh that's genius you know but from yeah. a logo perspective which was a question you asked or from a design perspective i think that more and more clients are getting savvy but I think that there are more and more clients that just believe that they are savvy. That okay. um, that's good. I, that's are out there. Yeah. Um, yep. So. Well, and I think like part of what you're touching on is really interesting because you know having sat on the corporate side of it and someone's bringing 
you know, something to us. Those are, those were my favorite parts of my day. That's what Karen and I always say. We want, you know, the creative infusion to be the most fun part of your day that we, we don't want you to dread our meetings. We want you to look forward to the meetings that we have. And so I, I sometimes take that stuff as a compliment when we present something and, and the, and the client gets jazzed and has a ton of ideas because you sparked something in them that might've been dead inside since their 10 o'clock coffee, you know, that mm-hmm. they're sitting there mm-hmm. running reports and being told what to do and where to go. And, you know, and then if you can be that person that sparks ideas in a corporate client or a client in general, that that's, I mean, that's part of the fun to me. Do you agree? Always, always remember it's a dialogue, not a monologue. Yeah. And I yeah. have to remind myself of that sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't get married to things, you know, because you just don't know where it's going to go. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Well, I was just going to say, well, I would be remiss if we spent all this great time with you and we didn't discuss the trend report. This is our 20th year of doing the trend Congratulations. That's amazing. And it's, and it's not like you guys haven't been a big part of it because actually, uh, in fact, um, I know Bond's been in there several times. I think that, uh, Justin, you've been in there a time or two. Karen, you certainly had input over the years. This is one of those things where the trend report kind of came out of um, Gordon Kay, one of my, and Jamie and I had this conversation a little oh, while ago because she helped us a little bit this year on the report, getting it out and getting the word out. But Gordon, uh, with uh, Gordon. USA, he's a good guy. He really is. We, we always have the most cordial conversations and he's got the best voice. Uh, but we had he uh, does. this conversation and he says, you know, I kind of just like for you to write whatever you feel comfortable with writing. And, um, I said, what? That's all good. So uh, it just so happened. This was the very uh, beginning of Logo Lounge. And I was kind of going, I'm kind of seeing some trends here with these logos. And I thought this was going to be a one-time deal. So I picked out 15 different trends that I thought were happening and called around to some members like, uh, I think Bond may have even been helping at that time. And I maybe called up uh, Felix Sockwell and a few others. And they all had ideas and kind of we pulled these things together. And the next year, Gordon calls up and says, Bill, do you think we can do that report again? And I was going, God, he is really suffering for something to put in that magazine. And uh... <laughs> No, they just know. They're so loyal, too. I mean, Beauty USA, yeah. they run a great ship. Him they, and they do. over there, they're just they amazing. And they, and they recognize good material that resonates with their audience. Here's what it ultimately, uh, where, where this whole thing got on track, was that People didn't understand. I have always looked at trends as being a trajectory, as being a transition, as being evolution. And that's my best way of talking about it. And it's not trendy because trendy is something that is ephemeral and it's going to happen very quickly. And it's going to fit a bad and it's going to go away. And there are so many people that just don't look at the damn title. It says it's a trend report, reporting on trends, not on trendies. And right. they go, well, thank God I didn't make it in there because I'd hate to be thought of as being trendy. And over the years now, it has gained that level of credibility because people look back and they go, oh, crap. Yeah. He, he said this. And now all of a sudden there's all these model line logos or now all of us, God, I can remember the year we started talking about transparent logos and I could only find three transparent logos. One of which was the MSN butterfly. There, there was no other logo that was out there that would help us put that trend into the report. But over the years, we found that, man, 
these things really either one they really were accurate or two everybody looked at it and said oh i guess that's what people are doing so they started doing it you know it's self-fulfilled prophecy but 20 years later you know, that's 15 per report, that's 300 trends, four per, that's, you know, I don't know, 1,200 different logos. Design I, A lot of it, yeah. I, I remember back in 2007, Bill, you, you yeah. said to me that we live in an RGB world now, and mm -hmm. that was right around that same time with uh, the, the butterfly logo for- The MSN, yep. Yeah. I bet those people are kicking themselves now. Is <laughs> the ones that are like, "Oh, thank God, I wasn't featured." They're like, "Damn it, I wasn't good enough you know, to be featured here, in that." Here's you know? one. Of, here's one of my favorite. Um, Vaughn was just talking on remembering the MSN logo and the transparencies and moving to RGB world from the CMYK world. But here's what happens, and and we see this on a daily basis. I know you guys do, but we don't recognize it, and that's that. Um, you guys remember Enron. Uh, the oil, mm -hmm. the oil and energy future company that uh, everybody was investing in, that they were doing some funny shit, and all of a sudden everything went to <laughs> hell on them. Paul okay? Rand logo, Paul Rand logo. There we are, Paul Rand logo for Enron. Damn it! But when you think about what was going on at the time, all of the financial services at that point started listening to a word that was being used across that industry, which was transparent. We need to be transparent. If we're going to invest with people's funds, they need to know what's happening to them. We need to be transparent. And it was at exactly that time that Illustrator introduced the ability to move one item over another and see transparencies in real time. Now, up until that time, it had been in Photoshop. And you, if you wanted to see what something looked like on top of another thing, you would move it over there. And then you would go to lunch and you'd come back and see if it was done calculating, you know. <laughs> and you go, up, hey, I'm, I've still got time That's for a awesome. coffee. I'm going to, you know. So and, true. But, but because <laughs> this happened in real time, designers were infatuated with transparency. Collision. Financial industry saying, we need to show transparencies. Designers going... I've got a tool that shows transparency. And all of a sudden, there was this explosion of logos that were transparent. And almost all of them originally were for the financial industry because that was their way of being able to put it out in front of people. Um, Merrill Lynch, cafeteria program, all transparent images. You know, you can take this and this and this and they add them together, but you can see where your money went. And this is what we pick up in the, in, in the trend report is not only identifying them, but explaining why that trend is going on. So uh, 20 years later, yeah, this report that just came out, you can look at it for free on logolounge.com um, or just look up uh, logo trend report. You're going to find it that way. Uh, or you can go onto Logo Lounge and you can actually pay $100 and become a member of Logo Lounge. And then you can upload as many of your logos as you want <laughs> And potentially end up inside of one of the Logo Lounge books, which mm -hmm. have turned into the largest selling series of identity design books ever. So anyway, yada, yada. Oh, incredible. Congratulations. Did the Logo Trends start first and then it was Logo Lounge? Or did Logo Lounge, which one was first? Logo Lounge. Logo Lounge was the books were something you'd get every single year and you'd have them on your desk and... Yep. You know, and yep. now, and now I just go and do a hundred dollars. And just like I, I talk about how design being 
something that has was a game changer for the industry. Mm -hmm. I feel the same about Logo Lounge. Mm, If you're a logo designer, then you need to be part of or use Logo Lounge. You know, I've got to throw some credit on two of you right now. Um, You've got to know that Vaughn was one of the very early adopters. And Vaughn came to me because I was talking to Felix Sockwell and said, who's out there that I'm missing? Who do I need to get involved in Logo Lounge? And Felix said, there's this guy who's drawing baseball cards and football cards, and his name is Vaughn Glitchka. And I said, can you spell it? And he said, no. (laughs) (laughs) At least they can even saying it right. It's Vaughn Vaughn Glitchka. And when, when Rule 29 and Justin got on board again, early on, early adopters in here, you know, and early into the mm-hmm. books. And it was a situation where I can remember Robin Ray from um, Modern Dog coming to me and going, Bill, we actually oh, had a client Robin. walk into our office with your logo lounge book going, hey, I saw your logo in here. Can you design something for me? And I had more people. I, I've had a designer Vaughn, when we were down at uh, Creative South, one of the designers came up to me and his logo had been on the cover of the Logo Lounge book. On his first date with his soon-to-be wife, he walked her into a Barnes and Noble and said, <laughs> oh, there's one of my logos on the cover of that book. <laughs> nice. a solid move. I got marriages solid move. out of this thing. That is. If, you, if you're going to love me, you have to love Logo Lounge. Yeah. It, so... Um, Logo Lounge started up because, man, it was, uh, I have every logo book in the world, it seems like, and our designers love going through it. That's cool, but you could be post-it noting them forever, trying to find all the examples of a fox or all the examples of a fish or a theater or whatever, or or something that's, you know, serendipity. But that's what I love about Lounge. being able to search on the yeah. website. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And it, it's perfect for that. And it is. so when it, when it started out, the thing was, is people didn't get the idea of paying money to be able to search for logos or paying money to, they got the idea of a book and they got the idea of a competition. And I can remember, um, I had just juried, uh, the CA design annual and Patrick Coyne and I were sitting down to dinner afterwards and, and I threw this idea at him about doing this and he goes, you're crazy. No, nobody is going to pay you money to stick their logos on the internet to, you know, to, to look at them there. Why would they do that? The when CA, right? Magazine like Patrick CA, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I said, Patrick, because when you look at CA, you're looking at history. Mm-hmm. When you look at Logo Lounge, you can look at a logo that was uploaded today. You can see something that a designer designed for a baker in Australia before the baker sells his first loaf of bread. And well, you can see the trend that before you call it. Yeah. So there you go. That's how it she gets it. That's how it started. I mean, I've been I've been searching logo lounge this whole show. Just <laughs> yeah. you know, checking things out. Yep. Not paying attention. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. I really it's thought easy that would land a lot better than it did, but hey, you know we can always. It sounded it. a little yeah. ADD. <laughs> there, there's 380,000 some logos on there. Which one are you on right now? I just put in bananas. And how many? How many? How many results? How many came bananas. Up? 
how, how um, many banana well, logos came up? The problem, was, the problem with you. my search is I spelled banana wrong, but no. Um, <laughs> there is a there is a hundred banana logos. Shit. Go figure. How wow. else are you gonna find a hundred banana I'm good just... banana logos? Right. So well, do you actually do you weed out on the logo lounge or is if it's been no. posted, it stays there? Yes. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, well, there have been a few needy pictures that, that people but... have uploaded that I ended up pulling down. But yeah, right. uh, you know, everything that gets uploaded has somebody's name attached to it. So you got to be able yeah. to yeah, have the cojones to stand behind anything that you put up there. So, right. um, you know, we didn't have to make that fear. But um, no, but something that a lot of people don't realize is there there is the ability to um, to sort based off the quality level of the logo in there. Oh, yeah. So you will see these little targets. There's a large and then a less large and then an even smaller and then a tiny target. And if you hit the tiny target, it's just going to pull up all the logos in whatever you're searching that have been in books. If you mm -hmm. hit the next size up, it's all the logos that judges, that, judge, that jury the book, gave any point value to. And if you go to the next one up, it's wow, everything. I'm doing this right now. This is awesome. I can't believe I didn't know this. I didn't know that everything either. Now, that is that somebody, only yeah. part of the paid offering? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I mean, that's it, what I thought. Guys, you got you to gotta pay for the site because we've got to pay Absolutely. for the site. I, I need to upload our Creative Shit Show logo because I just, I so just searched for shit and there's only 16 logos and <laughs> I think we can make it in the book. We can win. <laughs> oh, my God. The shit well, show it's not win. based. It's not based on a lack of shit logos it's making sure the logo is good enough you know uh one of the things that uh people don't realize is how the judging goes down it like this last book there were thirty-five thousand logos that had been submitted since the previous book i think imagine any competition any competition that has thirty-five thousand entries there there, wow. there are none you know i mean that's i mean and it, it's just one of those things where there's an immense amount in there so uh, we've expanded the judging field to 10 judges. Um, they are always name brand designers from around the world. We end up uh, taking it so that every logo is seen by three of the judges, exactly three of the judges, and they can rank them. They come up on this page and they're already marked as zero and they can put a one, a two or a three for them. So the highest score any logo could possibly get during a judging would be a nine. And typically out of 35,000 logos, there will be one or maybe two logos that make it to a nine because all the judges wow. have to be in agreement that that is just the most exquisite mark in there. And then we start mm -hmm. working our way down to the eights and the sevens and the sixes and the fives and the fours and the threes. And the cool thing is that if a judge marks you and says, you know, I like that logo. It may have been passed over by some of the other judges. There's always so many great marks that don't make it into the book. And I feel really badly about that. But I also don't pick the marks that go into the books. The judges do. And they always do an incredible job. We always have such great content in the books. Well, Bill, I we have so, like, we could go on forever. I mean, this could be like the, the how dinner we had, you know, where we could be together for yep, yep. all night and still not get enough of you. But, you know, at some point in time, we got to set your, 
magic free. <laughs> so we've, we've just loved our time with you. If you guys want to know more, I think uh, he, there was an excellent interview just done with Stephen Heller. So go check that out. Um, uh, oh, yeah. It was incredible. I am really proud of you, Bill. And, Congratulations. And we're there. happy that you decided to join oh, us. It's just you're fun. Like there's only you know good things to be said about you. So thanks for coming on the shit show. You're excellent. Can't wait to share this with our audience. Had a blast doing it, guys. We love you. Sweet. Thanks, Bill. You're a legend, Bill. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> listen, listen, listen to the thunderous crowd applauding. 